this coming year. And, and uh, really what I'm looking at is um, what do I see ahead for this year? What do I want to see? I think those are two different questions. Sometimes we can look ahead and say, well, I see this and this and this. But what do you want to see? What do you, want, what do you think God wants you to uh, think about as you are now in 2020? It's here, isn't it? Um, Admiral William MacRaven is a name that some people remember because he gave a, the 2014 commencement address at the University of Texas. Uh, he's a retired Navy officer, a, a Navy SEAL, and wrote a book. I think the book title is Make Your Bed. And uh, he gives, if you haven't watched this like 19-minute video, you can pull him up. Uh, he gives 10 ways to change your world. And he kind of takes off on the, the motto at the University of Texas. What starts here changes the world. That's the University of Texas at Austin's motto. And so he took that and, and gave the 2014, that's five this year will be six years ago that he gave that commencement and um, and it's really forming new habits and as a Navy SEAL he spent six months in training and one of the first things they had to do every morning was to get up and make their bed and not just make their bed it had to be perfect uh, couldn't be a wrinkle couldn't be anything wrong it had to be exactly the way they stipulated and, um, you know, so if you want to change your, your year, you can do that in the morning. You can make your bed. And the one thing about it, no matter how your day goes and you come back to the bedroom, you at least accomplished one thing that day. You got your bed made. And that's his point is that, uh, you accomplish something. You start the day accomplishing something. And uh, um, I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about spiritual formation because it, it's, it's what you do and what I do to form, formulate how God is working in my life and how I can include dynamics that are transformational. Um, I think it was Brad and I was coming back from uh, visiting uh, Donald Day at the Mary Stark Harper Geriatric Psychiatry Center. And even Jamie Kate got to make a visit because we, we had her with us and uh, we served Donald communion. He's 72 years of age, has spent 40 out of those 72 years in mental institutions. But loves the Lord. Um, and there are definitely some things going on with him that has him there, but He's, his biblical knowledge is amazing. He quotes large sections of scripture. I asked him, when's the last time you had communion? He said, I don't, I, I don't remember the last time I had communion. And I said, when's the last time you saw a child to come see? And he couldn't remember that. And so seeing her walk in the visiting room and us having communion ready for him, I think that did something for spiritual formation in his life. You know, he uh, he's called me a couple of times. Yes, I gave him my phone number, which Brenda says, you did what? <laughs> so, but uh, God, God speaks to us in different ways. And uh, I want to preference what I'm going to share with you about. I'm going to just share some personal things. And then uh, Brad's going to come, and then we want impact to share a little bit what they see for this year and what Royal Rangers see. Um, Michael Ramsden is um, the first guy who's on the right now media foundations of apologetics. And um, I also did a little research. How long did it take to make a new habit, to form a new habit? Anybody want to take a, and I mean, the, the people, there's been people that study this and they pretty much come up with a window that it takes to form a new habit. You know the it some say twenty-one days, but the consensus is two months. Two months and somewhere it's landed in sixty-six days. But as you research it, it also depends on 
the individual, obviously. So some can form a new habit in 21 days. It's doing something different. And if you're anywhere near my age, I'm a creature of habit. And, and I don't even have to think about what I do when I get up. I just, I've done it so much. It's just like, I'm just, I'm just doing it. So when um, um, Justin Early is the name that you might want to try to jot down. Justin Early, he wrote a book called The Common Rule. And I heard him on a podcast. And that's one of the things I'll just tell you that I, I'm constantly looking for podcasts to speak to me. And what I, would, what I would encourage you not to do is just become a disciple of one person. You read all their books, you, you listen to all their stuff, and, and you just, it's just, there's not enough cross-pollination in your life for that. And sometimes, you know, R.C. Sproul, he passed away, but I love to listen to that man preach. He has a great preacher's voice, but he's as, as Calvinistic to the core as you could find. And I didn't agree with everything he, he preached, but... I got so much out of that guy's preaching, and uh, I love I love to hear his messages. There's a, there's a lot of his messages out there, but um, uh, Michael Ramsden he said something in that first session that I said I want to I want to get the gist of that, and I wrote it down, and he says in life we're not happy we're not made happy by what we acquire but by what we appreciate. And this was in a conversation he was having with a lady who's about to cut his hair. And she said, what'd you say? He says, in life, we're not made happy by what we require, but we're, we're made happy by what we appreciate. And she wrote it down, and she said, I, I, that, really, that really resonates with me. And he says, well, the trouble we have today is not that we have nothing to be grateful for, but we have no one to be grateful to. And she said, well, i got to write that down, too. And he was talking about there's got to be purpose in your life. There's got to be purpose beyond you. There's got to be something that you're doing. And the greatest thing that we can do is something that we believe God is pleased with, that God wants us to do that, how, he, how we respond to people, how we react to people, how we react to our, our mornings, what do we incorporate. And that's what I mean about, you know, the transformational influence of the gospel. We believe the gospel is transformational. Brad and I was talking about, you know, witnessing to some people, and they think you're, you're, you're wanting to ask them to church. And I have said to people, I said, no, I'm not talking to you about church because the church didn't die on the cross for you. The church is the result of someone dying on the cross for us. The church was not the cause of salvation. The church is the result of salvation. The cause is the one who hung on the cross. And people have to encounter him, not church. There's a lot of religious people in the world, and, and, I, and I think there's a lot of religious people sitting in church every Sunday, and I fear that it's the regimentation of religious practice that they're a disciple to and not a personal discipleship to the Lord. And I think that's very possible because we want to do the right thing. We want to be good enough to go to heaven. We've even, we've heard someone at a breakfast say, I just hope that I am good enough to see my parents in heaven. Well, how many of you know that that whole statement is, is, has got so much wrong with it? Because in his mind, his parents are there and he doesn't feel like that he's good enough to get there. And boy, does that, is that inverted with the gospel? The gospel is transformational. So how can, how can we have a continual transformation in our lives? Well, that means we got to have change. And I love it when we go to Kelly's house and there's two columns on the wall there. One is for Abigail and one is for Joshua. And there's lines there with the date on there and the birthday. And, and you can track how they grow and change and do you think there's a way of charting our growth spiritually that there's ways that we can say how am I growing how am I changing I want to mention this verse and then I'll uh, finish up and Brad can come up 2 Corinthians 3.18 2 
Corinthians 3.18 has in King James this statement about that we're being changed from glory to glory. Are you familiar with that? Well, it, it, it talks about that we're being transformed from one dimension of, of God's presence and glory to another. But it, the idea is that we're always changing, or we should always be changing. Here how, here's how it reads in the NIV. And we all who with unveiled face contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with everlasting glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit, who is that spirit. And, and that kind of sounds odd the way it ends, but the, the verse just before, we use the verse all the time where the spirit of the Lord is. There's freedom. There's liberty. Wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there's, and, it, and he does say that Jesus is that spirit of freedom, that spirit of liberty. But we're being changed from everlasting, with everlasting glory. We're being changed continually into the image of Jesus. And so one of the things that you can do is get you a journal or get you a notebook and just start writing some things down and say, Lord, show me how I'm changing. Show me where I need to change. Show me where I need to focus on. And, um, and I believe if we open our hearts, he will speak to us and he will show us a plan and give us a plan. Because um, I just believe this year is going to be a fantastic year. I'm eager to see what the Lord has in store. I can tell you this. God has done some neat things in our family, and uh, over the last couple of years, it's been neat to see how God has done some things in some of my family's lives, so I give him all praise for that. All right, come on, Brad, and you can share, and uh, you can tag team with Impact Arrangement. All right. Hey, uh, I just wanted to give you all a little bit of a update for this year and also from last year uh, with the youth. Uh, first off, I, I want to say thank you to our church family uh, for loving on our youth. Um, they're kind of hard to love sometimes. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, no, for real, like, uh, this year I can look back at 2019 and just see all the blessings, the hand that our church is, is I mean, they're totally behind the youth. I know that there's other ministries and stuff. They'll come up here and talk. But, I, I mean, I, we see it, all right? We feel the impact of the prayers, um, the, the relationships, the finances, I mean, just everything. It's been awesome. Uh, so thank you. But last year, I, just a couple highlights. Um, I think about Speed the Light. We're at about 9700 bucks right now. Uh, our goal was 9000 so we went way past that. And, uh, I mean, and, you know, it's, it's really cool to see our youth group. We're, I feel like we're, we're pretty much a family. Uh, that's the way uh, I feel whenever we're together and stuff. We joke, we joke around like that at least. Uh, but that's that, it's, it's cool to see like y'all know Caroline. She hit 2,000 volleyballs, but it wasn't just like her like event. It was like a family like pouring everything into it, you know, and supporting and, and being there. And there's other things we did car wash and a few other things uh, to raise money. But it was, it was a cool year for Speed the Light and to see God move and work and do that. Um, I think this this youth camp is one of two youth camps I will forever remember. Uh, the first youth camp was the youth camp I got filled with the Holy Spirit when I was 17. And then this youth camp was absolutely blew me away. And I'm still, like, feeling the effects of it. Um, and some of these youth can, can tell you the same thing. Uh, I, had, I had some of them that are like, we want to go back to the guy that was there last year. I'm like, man, he's not even on the schedule. <laughs> so we have, to go to, uh, we have to go to somebody different. But it wasn't just, like, the guy. It was, like, the presence of God and what happened. And it was just a really cool uh, youth camp. But uh, another thing I want to make you aware of is 2019 was a really cool year of getting into schools. Um, I don't know if you know, like, uh, what we're able to do, but the schools are, like, wide open uh, for us to walk into for the most part. Even the public schools, going to Bryant, Eastwood, some of these schools, all, like, every single week. We're in there, the cafeteria, you know, substituting in the classes, uh, doing fellowship of Christian athletes with the sports groups and stuff, and we've seen a tremendous impact. And it just feels like, when I look ahead to uh, 2020, it just feels like uh, there's sparks, you know, uh, in, in the schools, and especially with these students. And it just seems like at some point there's going to be a flame, like a, like a revival flame 
in the school, and you'll just see it sweep across. You know, all be because of the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit. And, uh, man, 2020, that's what we're looking forward to in these schools and just seeing uh, students get saved. Um, so, uh, but one thing that our church is doing as well this year is the Acts 2 journey. And uh, we're all getting behind this. The way I look at it is, like, think about your own house. Think about, like, you, I don't know if you guys do this, but Lacey will be able to tell you. Like, in my house, there's certain things that, like, I kind of ignore, like a, a squeaky door. It would take, like, nothing to put some WD-40 on it and get it. Or, like, you know, a doorknob that's kind of falling off and you just have to get a screwdriver or whatever. But it's your house, you know, and you know how to... There's certain things that you know how to do, but if somebody were to come in there and do it, they'd be like, how does this work? Or why is this falling? You pull a drawer out, it falls apart, you know? You're like, oh, yeah, like, you don't live here. Um, and sometimes it's like that at church too, right? Like, there's certain things that whenever, like, we're here all the time, we don't see the things that maybe somebody else from the outside looking in sees. And that's kind of what the Acts 2 journey is, is pushing us towards. They're pushing us out of our comfort zone, and they're pushing us towards, like, uh, ways and strategies and things to do to be able to, uh, to, be, to be at our max level of uh, reaching the lost and discipling people. And so that's what we're going to be doing with our groups and stuff. So we're looking forward to 2020 and being able to do that. And so some people will, will probably share a little bit about that as well. Um, but a couple of things to look forward to this year. The Neek Evangelists are coming back in February. Uh, so that'll be fun. Uh, the Valentine's Banquet, the Yard Sale, uh, Youth Camp. Uh, we got a youth band starting back up. Um, and the last thing I want to leave you with is ways that you can help if uh, you would like to. I know I'm looking around the room. Most people in here are involved heavily already in certain ministries. I definitely understand that. Um, but some areas where, um, I mean, we, we manage, right? We, we can, in youth, if nobody were to do anything else this year, like, we'd still, like, be able to go. But there are some ways that you could help if you wanted to. And so I just wanted to present those to you. The first one is prayer, obviously. Um, we meet at 530 every week in the youth room. If you want to join us, you're more than welcome to. We ain't going to kick you out. Um, but our students battle some major battles. Um, it's in, I mean, it blows my mind to, like, think about their home life and what they talk about what they experience on a week-to-week -week basis. Um, I can tell you this. I'm not, I'm not going to name any names or anything, but, like, it's just, like, I look at the parents and stuff. Sometimes, like, I remember I, I called a parent to come pick their, their child up, and they, they told me they weren't going to come get them. <laughs> like, they're like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, I'm not coming. I'm like, really? Like, you won't come get your own kid? Like, but, like, the, the, some of, like, the, the things they face, like, things I never had to face, and the battles they, the spiritual battles that they have is 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 uh, strong. So what I'm saying is, prayer is a big part of that. Um, so joining us with that throughout the week, put Kaleo on your prayer list. Um, another way is I have two students that are committed to go on a mission trip this year. I've been in ministry for over seven years, and I've never had a student go on a mission trip. This is the first time, so I'm super pumped. But with that comes a lot of faith <laughs> because these trips um, cost 1850 bucks a person. So um, what I'm going to ask you is, because you guys already give enough, like appreciate that, but if you know some ways that they can work, like babysit, uh, doing yard work, doing housework, if you uh, already are spending money somewhere and you can, you know, give that money, like if you're already spending some money for somebody to do your yard, and one of the students could do your yard. I mean, that would be like a great alternative. Uh, I'd make sure they do it right. <laughs> you had Isaiah cutting the yard. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. So, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I, lo I love you, man. That's why I called you out. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. And so they're they're ready to work. Uh, they just need the opportunity. Uh, they're ready to do whatever whatever it takes. Uh, but keep that in mind and be in prayer. And, and, and um, if God's laying on your heart to help, you know, some of our students, they need $600 by the end of January. So this month is grind month. And uh, then every month is going to be grind month, really. But so there's that, and we're super stoked about that. Um, and then there's youth convention coming up in March. Um, so that's always a cost, about 90 bucks. Um, but those are some things we have. All right, I'm hurrying up. I know this is, uh, I've been up here a while. But, um, 
another couple things. Um, the last way you can help out is this. Uh, I take kids on the van every week, and uh, we're getting kind of to capacity with the van, but also it usually, if I have a lot of students, it takes over an hour to take everybody. Um, but what I would consider for you is uh, either before church or after church, there's students all around Tuscaloosa that come here, and if there's somebody by your house and you say, hey, I can pick this kid up on the way to church, and then if, if you leave early and then I, you know, I can take them home or if you want to take them home, you know, that would actually help a lot. And you could help build a relationship one-on-one with a student or maybe two students. And uh, that would be a really cool thing to partner with. So those are just a few things um, to help out with and things we're looking forward to 2020. Um, we're starting off uh, really uh, trying to rely on the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the whole month of January, that's what we're talking about. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit and being led and uh, relying on him. And so we're starting off the year like that, and we're going to go from there. So we're ex- super excited about that. So amen. Nora is coming up next. All right. Um, goodness. 2019 has been a great year in children's ministry with the activities and things that we you did over the past year, whether it be the outdoor kids activities we did, uh, and and instead of doing our kids crusade this past summer, we had two events where we did outside water games. We partnered up with the Royal Rangers one event, and we played games. The boys had campouts, the girls had summer parties. It was a pretty neat thing, and the, it was a great turnout, and the kids had a lot of fun. So we did that twice this past summer. So that was just trying something different and doing, and. Um, you know, like I said, we took the kids to kids camp this past year. Took over 20 kids again. It, the kids had a great time. You know, they got closer to the Lord. The altar times there at those kids camps are amazing. And that's some of the things we've got going forward in 2020 in February. Um, if you have a child that's either in fourth, fifth, or sixth grade, where they're doing this discipleship weekend at Springville. Um, we leave on the 14th, which is Valentine's Day, but they're going to have like this tacky Valentine party. They're going to do nighttime zip lighting. And um, this program here is designed to get kids ready to go into youth, and it's um, designed um, to help disciple our younger kids in kid ministry. Um, and then we also have kids camp coming in May. Just a lot of fun things that we've got planned. Our Easter egg hunt coming up. Just a few things that we've got looking forward to into the future. Um, that we've got going on as well. We'll have fundraisers later as well to help get kids to camp and all that good stuff. Um, as far as what, I, you know, is 2020 looking ahead and what I want to see out there, you know, what we, six years ago when Guillermo and I stepped up and took over in children's ministry out there, I saw kids out there helping us lead that ministry. I mean, it's children's ministry. The kids are our future, you know, and it's got to the point now where Caroline um, has been helping out there for the past few years. She, you know, she's, she's grown up here within the church. She's been helping and doing a great job. Then you have Laurel and KJ helps out there and Zoe, when she's here, she'll help. And those kids are doing a great job. You know, whether it be leading a game or um, helping out with praise and worship or helping do object lessons or or anything that we can think of or any new idea that we may want to try out there in kids' ministry, they're, you know, they're willing to try it. And they're, um, and I think it helps build a relationship with them, you know, with the kids and our youth because some of those kids are getting ready within the next year to come on out and move up into, into our youth program here at TFA, which is um pretty cool so I would like for us to grow that area have more you know get some more youth out there get them involved um and see what happens there and continue to disciple our kids our young kids out there you know because you know I was reading I was talking to somebody early you know um there was a statistic I can't remember all of the numbers of it now but it was like 90 something percent of them of an adult that has become a Christian and stayed a Christian they did so before the age of 12 and that's a pretty high number. So I'm like, that's, you know, children's ministries, you know, it's a great thing. I love doing it, but it's so important that we get the word of God into our, in, into our kids, you know. And we have such great programs here, you know, with JBQ and everything else. It just helps pour the word of God into our little ones, you know, and watch them get to compete every month when they go. It is just so much fun, 
and then having them out there in children's church where we're doing a lesson. Like, oh, I know this one, and they'll give the Bible verse real quick. This is what you're talking about. And that's a lot of, um, you know, just getting out there and to be a part of that. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, I found this um, a few years ago. I sat in on a workshop um, with Pastor Tim Jones. I know some of you know him. He's done our kids' crusades here, him and Tim and Marcy. And um, they're children's missionaries now. But anyway, he read this poem one time in one of the workshops, and it kind of resonated with me. And I'd like to share that with you in closing. Just, um, it says, I am a minister. I minister to the largest mission field in the world. I minister to children. My calling is sure. My challenge is big. My vision is clear. My desire is strong. My influence is eternal. My impact is critical. My values are solid. My faith is tough. My mission is urgent. My purpose is unmistakable. My direction is forward. My heart is genuine. My strength is supernatural. My reward is promised, and my God is real. In a world of cynicism, I offer hope. In a world of confusion, I offer truth. In a world of immorality, I offer values. In a world of neglect, I offer attention. In a world of abuse, I offer safety. In a world of ridicule, I offer affirmation. In a world of, in a world of division, I offer reconciliation. In a, world of, in a world of bitterness, I offer forgiveness. In a world of sin, I offer salvation. In a world of hate, I offer God's love. I refuse to be dismayed, disengaged, disgruntled, discouraged, or distracted. Neither will I look back, stand back, fall back, go back, or sit back. I do not need applause, flattery, flattery, adulation, prestige, statue, or veneration. I do not have time for business as usual, mediocre standards, small thinking, outdated methods, normal expectations, average results, ordinary ideas, petty disputes, or low vision. I will not give up, I will not give in, bail out, lie down, turn over, quit, or surrender. I will pray when things look bad, I will pray when things look good. I will move forward when others stand still. I will trust God when obstacles arise. I will work when the task is overwhelming. I will get up when I fall down. My calling is to reach boys and girls for God. It is too serious to be taken lightly, too urgent to be postponed, too vital to be ignored, too relevant to be overlooked, too significant to be trivialized, too eternal to be fleeting, and too passionate to be quenched. I know my mission. I know my challenge. I also know my limitations, my weakness, my fears, and my problems. And I know my God. Let others get the praise. Let the church get the blessing. Let God get the glory. I am a minister. I minister to children. That's what I do by Roger Fields. And I think that anybody is in any kind of ministry, any kid ministry, whatever, this can resonate. And this is why I do what we do, what we do, is to reach these kids to reach these to, to reach these children for Jesus. And this will be something I look forward to in the years going ahead because I want to see a, a big, huge growth out there in high voltage, not just in high voltage, but in every program here with our kids. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about uh, girls' ministry here at TFA. Um, I feel like I, before I can just tell you the vision that I feel uh, is for the girls' ministry here, I need to sort of do a little bit, go back and tell you what the foundation of girls' ministry uh, was in the very beginning. Um, when it started as missionettes in the 50s, the foundation or the vision then was um, that, young, that, that the older women would teach the younger women. The Titus II principle, and um, and that should still be our our vision, our focus. <coughs> um, foundations are important, and um, I believe that's a good foundation. And it was to teach young girls church ministry. Um, when on Wednesday nights, when we teach the girls about cooking, we're not just teaching them cooking just so that they can have fun and have a good time and learn how to cook. We're teaching them how to cook so that they can use it in ministry. So they can feed their, they can use it as, um, as wives and mothers for their family and also for other people as well. Um, and so that's the curriculum that we teach on Wednesday nights. And the other focus was, um, was missions. 
that um, that we would that the women's ministry would teach the young girls about the importance of mission. Um, <coughs> and so, mission as our, our girls ministry has always been under the women's ministry. And this year there was a there was a change. Um, it has now uh, they have now turned it to to the children's education department, which is a good thing I think. Um, so the only difference is everything still stays the same, but um, so like but all of our offering and all of our mission money will now go to Friends for Kids, um, and that will be our focus. And whatever the um, whatever they choose uh, in our, on a yearly basis, that will be our focus for our mission. <coughs> um, and so, um, sharing that, I also, I want to kind of share an overall vision that I feel is for girls' ministry. Um, and as our church is, is uh, the vision for our church, or the mission for our church is reach, train, and send. And so, um, I feel like that should be part of our mission as well. So, to reach, train, and send out girls for Christ Jesus in a safe and secure space based on the challenges and issues they face as girls as girls in particular, while giving them the truth of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit through prayer to face these challenges with faith and trust while serving God and others. So that is what I believe is our, our vision overall. <clears throat> and then um, our vision for 2020, um, I want to continue the emphasis that we have on missions through supporting Jesslyn Zarin um, and her ministry to Honduras through fundraising and um, connecting the girls. We started it a couple years ago when she first went to Honduras, and um, we got to send some things to the, the kids there for Christmas and um, and raise money through fundraising, and um, um, we got to kind of connect with Jesslyn over Skype, and so I want to do that with the girls so that they can really get a feel of missions and who they're helping, like to actually see these kids' faces and be a part of it um, more intimately. Um, so that's one of the focuses for this year that I, um, that I have for the girls. And then um, to find ways to reach the girls in our neighborhood. You know, Pastor has always said, like, this is, this church is here as, like, a beacon of light, you know, to our neighborhood, to the people around us. And so I feel like <coughs> that is also something that uh, we should focus on um, to just reach girls in our neighborhood, whether it be, like, getting with girl rangers and us as leaders going out and like you know going door to door and doing some things like that um and let them know what we have here to offer um for children and um <coughs> well for boys and girls in particular on wednesday nights um and then also um to equip the girls to reach their friends at school you know um you know they wear their t-shirts on when you know wednesday nights like we're to school and invite friends and and share what we do, and um, and also to reach out, like, into nursing homes and things. We've done that in the past, and I think we can still do that. Just to show the girls, like, this is what you do as a follower. Like, you know, we, we serve Jesus, and we serve others. Like, that's our focus. <coughs> you know, um, love your neighbor as yourself. Like, how do we do that? And to take the girls out and to show them, you know, how we do that. Um, <coughs> and then um, the other thing is, um, I'd like to connect more with the mothers or the parents um, of the girls um, as a resource to help us partner with them in whatever their individual girls are facing. Like on Wednesday nights when they come in, we only know the things that they share with us. We don't know really what they're facing, <coughs> what they're go what's going on. And so if we know, we can be better mentors to them because that's what we are. We're mentors on Wednesday nights to these girls. Like we want to support the parents and the families. You know, we want... <coughs> these girls to know the Lord. We want them to serve the Lord. We want them to grow up and um, like Lauren and Rainey and Jesslyn. And we want to we want to see that in all these girls. We want to see them serving the Lord as they grow up. Like that is our goal. And so um, anyway, <coughs> as far as a calendar for the year, I don't have one because <laughs> we haven't got together yet as a as a group to go over all of the details of what we're going to do this year. So I don't have that to share with you. But um, We'll get together and do that soon. And that's it. <laughs> well, it's a good time to be a kid at TFA. Um, when Kara and I used to go to 
a lot of um, churches, there was very little life with young people. And we are teeming and breaming here at TFA. Uh, seems like the, the theme has been discipleship, and I keep telling the men that I work with and the men that I run into that have young boys that you've got a window of time to reach that young man's heart. And if you don't reach that young man's heart, Google will reach it, YouTube will reach it, Fortnite will reach it, everything except for you, Dad, will reach that young man's heart if you don't intentionally try to reach that young man's heart. If you're unfamiliar with Royal Rangers, we are an arm of um, the Assemblies of God that reaches and goes after young men. We start at kindergarten. We go all the way up to uh, 12th grade. Uh, we are a gender-specific uh, group. No girls allowed in our Royal Rangers stuff, okay? We are gender-specific, and we walk up to the little boys and say, hey, God created you to be feisty and rowdy, and here's a high five for being a boy. And we encourage that. So on Wednesday nights, uh, there's no telling what kind of sights, smells, sounds you're going to encounter when you see our boys running around. But anyway, I, Kara told me to be quick. She said, be quick, so I will move on. What we try to do on Wednesday nights is hand the right tools to the young men for their life so that they can be uh, successful as a husband, as a father, as a leader whenever they grow up. We don't want to... Um, prepare our young men to fail. We want to prepare them to succeed in life, in ministry. So that's what we are doing, and God has been so gracious in putting us in TFA so that we can have a Royal Ranger program, but also with the leadership that has come with this. Folks, we have, we have more men than what we have uh, opportunities for them to work with right now, and that's great. That is really great. Um, so let me move on. Let me move on. Um, if we want to turn the tide of the corrupt culture, we have to captivate that young man's heart early for Jesus. So that's where we're at. Uh, this past year, we had several wins, several things that we can celebrate. God sent a man to us called Scott Cockrum, who is connected, and he's connected with police, with paramedics, with all of that. You might have seen and heard the sirens out here. We had police cars. We had paramedics. The boys got to... Uh, get inside of an ambulance and get inside of a police car. I don't know if any of them got locked up. I wasn't here that night. I don't know if they got to experience the uh, handcuffs or not. But uh, the boys have had a lot of opportunities this past year compared to what we were doing in the past, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, we worked on a number of uh, various skill and Bible merits. Um, one of the great wins that we did, we got uniforms, and that's great. Um, we had a wildly successful fundraiser this past year. We were also able to march in the Christmas parade and actually made it on TV. And the commentator said, I've never heard of this group. And they explained what was going on. She said, well, I think that's wonderful. We need more groups like this. So guess what? Royal Rangers is going to come back bigger and better next year in the parade. We had 17 people march in the Royal Ranger uh, with the Royal Ranger group. That was awesome. Um, but this next year, we've got a vision to go even bigger and to build on uh, to what we have had. Um, we are actually partnering. Now, for the last two years or three years, we've been the only show in the district, the only show in town when it comes to Royal Rangers. There used to be a number of churches between here and Hamilton that had Royal Ranger programs, and they just all kind of dried up. We've been the only one that's going this, this uh, last month, two months, uh, the sectional commander for Royal Rangers and myself have been conspiring and we've been coming up with some ideas. We've got a tentative calendar for this next year and our Royal Ranger programs are going to uh, lock arms. We're going to start doing a lot of things together. Um, we are looking um, February, we've got a Pinewood Derby. Uh, March, we've got a statewide, no, April, we've got a statewide powwow. We've got a spring Tuscaloosa section roundup that'll be held at Encounter Church in Guin where all of the Royal Ranger groups get together and we just hang out, play, have fun, 
and get to know each other. You know, it's one thing when we go to these powwows that are statewide where the kids get to know people that are maybe in Huntsville or they're down in Saraland or something like that. But whenever there's people that are close, that's awesome. Whenever they can link up and know that, hey, I'm not the only one. Uh, we've got a trip to the USS Alabama plan. We've got a trip to the Birmingham Bearings baseball game. We've got a fall sectional roundup right here at TFA. We've got a fall sectional powwow at Lake Lurleen. Um, we've got a lot of stuff that's going on. That, that's just with other groups. Uh, we're going to be doing our own thing here as well with activities, be uh, doing our Wednesday night stuff, and the boys are going to be learning more skills. Uh, and this year, because of necessity, this is a great thing for us, we have to expand. We've got to add another class. Um, started out two or three years ago, we just had what was called Ranger Kids, which is kindergarten through second grade. Then the second graders came to third grade. And then we added Discovery Rangers, which is from um, third grade to fifth grade. Well, guess what? Come fall, we're going to have to add something called Adventure Rangers, which is from sixth grade to eighth grade. And um, so we don't know who the leader is going to be there. Um, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to volunteer, but I will ask you to pray that the Lord of the harvest sends the right person. Somebody that doesn't look at it as a Wednesday night obligation, but as a ministry. That's what we're looking for. Um, goals, I can't speak for, I can say this, all six of the men involved in Royal Rangers. But I can tell you that these guys pray for these boys. Our heart is consumed with reaching them. And um, there's not a day that goes by that we don't think, talk about Royal Rangers and how we can reach and serve them better. Thank you for being gracious and encouraging these boys. Uh, the fundraiser that we did, you all were so wonderful to us. Uh, helped us very, very much. But um, I'm just excited about what's going to do with our young men. We want to teach them to grow up to open doors for women. <laughs> To say thank you, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. Very good. Outpost 58. Present and accounted for. Love Royal Rangers. Davey, you want to come up and say something about the security team? And uh, we appreciate you and the guys that are out there and you're our lookouts and you do ministry and you do it well. Appreciate you. Thanks, Pastor. Deuteronomy 6, 31, 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who, get, who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. As the TFA security team ministry got started, we really made strides and leaps and bounds on protocol and things like that. And I just want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I take this ministry very seriously. And every guy that's on the team is just great, appreciated. It's an honor for me to serve this church and to serve in my mind as God's security team helper. Because we all know who the leader of the security team is. About the team, and again, I'm proud of them. We have eight members that split into three groups. We have TFA5, which I kind of nicknamed a long time ago, but it kind of died there, the Fighting Angels. But that actually is uh, Tuscaloosa First Assembly 5, 6, and 7. There's four on 5, four on 6, and there's six on 7. The seven is Wednesday nights. So we rotate out on Wednesday nights, and the TFA five and six is for Sundays. Um, our protocol, we did research with law enforcement. We're lucky to have Scott Cockrum here. Uh, he's more than welcome. I call him, and I've asked him actual, actual questions. We had uh, one of my buddies now and one of Pastor's buddies, uh, Mickey, come in. He's a retired deputy. And we did everything from basic layout of where we should be to 
doing drills in different scenarios if this happens. So what one of the main things we want to do is, is stay off the radar to a, a possible perpetrator. And I'm, I am going to change some language in here. I didn't know you're, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, we, are, we don't want to stick out. We want to greet with eyes wide open. That gives us an edge not to be on the radar. You may know us, and the perp may not, and I underline may, because that perp in Texas had gone to church there before. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough line. Priorities, and hear me out here. Number one, sanctuary. Number two, youth building. Number three, nursery hall has nothing to do with the importance of this person, pastor. It has to do with the numbers of people. We have to protect the most numbers of people first. So let's example on Wednesday nights. Wednesday's the toughest, believe it or not, because you got one guy, and it's dark, especially in the winter. That guy cannot leave that front corner. He has to be able to see the youth building door, the sanctuary door, down that hallway at some perimeter. In other words, he gets out of that chair and he can he can check the hallway, but must not lose sight of that. Next, our goal is to keep the threat outside the walls of this church. We don't want him in here. I know it can be a pain. Locking doors gives us an edge. And I understand that pain, but if that guy on Wednesday night especially, and it is wintertime and it's dark, and someone can be on you in a split second, and that door handle is locked, you just shocked him, and this came from Scott Cochran, and I'll, basically you have to let him out. Because if you don't, I don't want to hear this pop. Who's next? Or I don't want to hear that pop go off at me. At the main entrance is the security team member. All doors are locked, every door, and we check those regularly because sometimes people go out and unlock them, we have to check them. That member, if you hear the unmistakable pop of glass and coming through this office door here, that team member is coming through those doors there. He's going to tell you to get down, and probably we don't have to even say this, but Call 911. And then that team member is going out that door. And if you ever get a chance to look, there's a block wall there coming out of Diane's office. That's where you'll be because you're by yourself. You, the, and he's not going to, or this person's not going to be able to walk up to the door and just walk in because it's locked. He's got to choose a way through. All right. Uh, Wednesday at the main, we talked about that. Another reason to lock the door. Sundays, we have two. At the main door, two at the front here. Then during main worship, we have two main, one at the front and one in the youth building. And Mickey, Mickey's the one that said that first. He said, that's your best vantage point. And it is. The youth building can solve a whole lot of problems. Because if the two at the main get uh, surprised in some, some way, this guy sees it. So I'm not going to stand up here and do different scenarios but just remember this if the pop is here this guy's coming through that door and he's staying right there in the middle to guard these doors if if the pop is here then these two guys are coming one down the nursery hall to the corner the other in here so these things we've talked about and we know um special events that goes through pastor if security is, Pastor will call me or tell me what events we can, we just, we can't cover everything. Um, I won't elaborate. We communicate by text the day before the service. The camaraderie is there. The teamwork is there. It, it just really makes me proud of the teamwork because it doesn't matter who it is. Somebody says, I, I can't be there Sunday. I can't be 
within 10 minutes, normally somebody saying, I'll take your car. And then, or saying, I'll swap with you next time. It's, it's just like that. So we're committed. So as congregation, stay calm, stay down. Let us do what we do. No running. Imagine a Wednesday night. Here comes a security team, and everybody's flying down that way. He can't get to it. The guy gets in. You've got to get on the floor. The guy in Texas, pastor told me that. I didn't know it. He just told me. One of the security team members was in the sanctuary. The guy comes in with a shotgun. He stands up to get his firearm. He dies. So stay down and trust the Lord. That's all I can tell you. Um, for 2020, my vision, have at least two drill days where we come in this church and we diagnose this and do different things. And what if the guy comes in the basketball court door? Well, we don't have anybody even watching him, you know. So, I mean, we, we don't think we need it, but we'd hear it, so we would go to it. But I'm saying a scenario that we would work on. Two uh, range trips a year at least. You know that practice makes you better. And the more you get better, the more your confidence is. Because I got to tell you, as confident as I am with my abilities and as confident as I am that the Lord is here for me, that's got to rattle some folks <laughs> to have a gun pulled at you. So um, the more we shoot, the better off we'll be. I would like Pastor and whoever he so desires to put together a list of new member qualifications. We've talked about it some. Uh, we've had people say, I'd like to go on the security team. We all, the security team members, need to have a pat answer. We don't want anybody getting mad and leaving here and then coming back, if you know what I'm saying. So have to be a member here. You have to be here for two years. You have to, whatever that may be, I'd like to take you to take that on. Um, I, as the security team leader, and I, I, I look at it as a coordinator more than anything, but uh, I'm going to re-emphasize group prayer with the guys from me or, or asking them to pray. Individual prayers, of course, but if you ever feel led to pray for us as a group, as a just walk up, please do. Please do. And again, I'll say, we know who those prayers go to, and the Lord is our ultimate security team. I thank you all. I appreciate your patience and love y'all. Very good. Um, David did take me to the range. It was really before my deer hunting trip. And he said, bring your revolver. And I want to tell you, you do not want me saving your life. <laughs> I, that's the first time I ever did that. And I said, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I don't want to try to save anybody. I might endanger more people if I try to save anybody. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can only get better, I think. So, uh, well, let's stand together, and we're just going to pray. Take the hand of someone next to you, and I want